What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. 2022, we here. Hey, 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 let's go. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a very special episode with a very special guest. This episode of Circling the Wagons is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the western New York or central New York area, do yourselves a favor, head down the throughway to exit 41 and get off at the Delago Resort and Casino exit in Waterloo, New York, where every moment is a winning moment. He is a return guest uh, that we talked to two months ago before the NFL Combine. Uh, he's the host of the First Team TV show on Stadium. He is also the host of the First Team podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'd like to welcome back Joe DeLeon to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Joe, it is so great to talk to you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited. It's I've said this multiple times when I do these guest spots that it feels like Christmas time for me. Well, right now we're a week away-ish. It feels like the night before Christmas. So I'm excited to see what happens. It's a little bit of uh, eagerness to see the way that things shape out. But at the same time, maybe a little bit of a relief to take that break afterwards. But this is the best time of year, man. I'm I'm, I'm juiced up to, to dive into it no matter what. Yeah, I joked about it on our regular podcast where... Uh, as a Bills fan, it's 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 just like Christmas too. I'm glad you said that because we're just gonna find out: are we gonna get like a Nintendo Cube though, or are we gonna get like <laughs> socks? You know, like so that's right. And, and we right. won't know. You know, it's not like when we open the gift, we'll know. We won't know for a few years, really. Well, everyone always likes to say that getting an offensive lineman is socks, but when you get a nice pair of socks, you shouldn't be complaining because it's it's so underrated having a good pair of socks, and it's underrated having. Good offensive linemen. So uh, I- I'm excited to see what the Bills do, especially because they're one of those teams where maybe you add one guy into the mix and they could take that next step. So I-, I don't know how you feel about this, Joe, in general, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs kind of gave us a playbook of what it's like to win a Super Bowl when your quarterback is already playing under his franchise deal. And I think part of that was just really, really good drafting. And I think as Bills fans, you know, I'm I'm realizing this more and more is that if Brandon Bean 
hits this draft out of the park and gets maybe a weapon for Josh Allen, another blocker, like you said, an offensive lineman, maybe that middle linebacker we're looking for, or a penetrating defensive tackle or something like that, that it could push them over that edge. When you look at a team like Buffalo, you know, the needs, there aren't a ton of needs, but there are some needs. Every team has needs. Do you see this as a potential area where they could take that playbook from the Kansas City Chiefs and say, hey, we can get to that next level just with this draft? Well, I think absolutely the one thing that Kansas City has always done is that they've been willing and able to take best available. And I think that when you start reaching for need, that's when you put yourself in a compromising position. Instead, you take guys that like maybe you don't really desperately need a new guard or a new right tackle, but having offensive line depth and taking offensive linemen when they're the best players available, you can't go wrong. And, and that's what the Chiefs have done for so long that they've just consistently added guys to the mix and they're they're now high-level starters. Like Creed Humphrey was a, a day-two pick for them who's now one of the best centers in the NFL. And they've been so smart about who they're picking to set this team up for success. So I, I just think you got to go best available if it's you know maybe not a massive need at defensive tackle. There's a defensive tackle on the board. Just take the guy. Take what is available that is going to help this team get more well-rounded. But I also look at what helps them so much is speed, is athleticism for these offensive weapons that they have. Uh, I think that if you've got a, a lot of different options to go to at receiver, they've already got two great receivers. Maybe you throw somebody into the mix. I know we're going to dive into that today. Just being, again, willing to take what's best available, don't overthink it, and continue to build out that roster to fill those, maybe not gaping holes, but just those small little bits that need to be filled in to help them take that next step. So let's start with uh, defensive tackle because you mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, Brandon Bean uh, just mentioned at a press conference this last week that that was actually one of the areas where they're kind of light in and they don't have any defensive tackles signed past 2023. Um, I know they're going to resign some, but they just haven't done it as of yet. Right now, this draft would be the perfect time to get a defensive tackle. And I was always thinking maybe day two, maybe day three. And now it feels like now that the mock drafts have really, really ramped up since I've talked to you two months ago, I'm seeing some defensive tackles taken. And I'm seeing two guys in particular, um, actually three, uh, if you count uh, Mazzy Smith. But Mazzy Smith, the defensive tackle out of Michigan, which they've seen, uh, Brian Breesey, defensive tackle out of Clemson, and Kalijah Cansey, even sometimes out of Pittsburgh. Uh, mm -hmm. When you look at those three guys, um, I know you've done your defensive tackle rankings. What, where, where do you see those three guys, and, and do you like those uh, those as possible picks for the Bills at 27? Uh, admittedly, Mozzie Smith at 27 is way too high for me, so I'm, I'm a little bit out on that pick. I think he's a fine football player, more of a depth player than I, he's somebody I want to commit to as a full-time starter and take that early. Uh, I'm out on Kalijah Kansi only for the Buffalo Bills. I love Kalijah Kansi. I have him as a very highly graded prospect, and I think he's got – a lot of potential, but he doesn't work with the current mix. He needs to go to a team that has a bigger body to play off of. And right now they have Ed Oliver. It's it's taking a different version of Ed Oliver and asking them to succeed against one another, you're, uh, alongside one another. And they're going to get picked apart against the run by teams with good interior offensive linemen. So I don't think Kalaj Kansi makes sense for the Bills. What I will say does make sense are Brian Brzee especially, um, if he's still available and on the board. Former five-star recruit, great power profile. I think he's got a little bit of pass rush upside. He's going to get under-drafted, under and I think that he, he is going to have a lot of potential 
to be an impactful pro at the next level because of all the traits that he brings to the position. I'll go a step further. I'll throw out one more guy, too, that I'd rather put in in the conversation over Mozzie Smith. I like Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. He joined us on the show. He's a really funny kid, uh, really good football player, misused in a way at times where he was only used as a zero-tech nose tackle, and I think he can play some one and some three with really good flexibility, really good power profile, good active hands. He is somebody who I put him alongside Ed Oliver, takes up space, takes away, and is a bit of a distraction and can turn into a, a disruptive player pretty early on in his career. Now, is that someone that you see as more of a second-round pick also, Keanu Benton, like Mazzy Smith, or a potential first-round candidate? I, I think he's got first-round potential. I, I think that much more than Mazzy Smith, for me, I would take Keanu Benton in the first round, at the end of the first round where the Bills are picking, or at the very top of the second. Anywhere in that range, I'm totally comfortable drafting a guy like Keanu Benton. So we last time we talked, we also discussed briefly wide receiver. And on this last podcast um, that you just did uh, on Monday night, or I'm sorry, Monday, you mm-hmm. uh, talked about uh, Zay Flowers being uh, one of your favorite wide receivers. Now, we talked about this two months ago. He's one of your favorite wide receivers then. I mean, this this wide receiver class in general, like it seems small. Right. Like, I mean, you don't have those alphas at the top, like a Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, those tall, you know, uh, wide receivers that are just, Mm -hmm. you know, you you just know that they're elite talents. Like you have a bunch of guys and even the ones that are smaller or I'm sorry, bigger, like a Quinn Johnston, they don't play to their size, it feels like. So I guess I'm looking at the Bills at 27 and I'm like, well, they could get Mm. they could either wait till the second round to get more of these guys because it feels like everyone playing like three through 10 or whatever, that's where people are kind of talking that there's good value. Um, You love Zay Flowers. It's one of your favorite prospects. If the Bills end up getting him on day one, um, Bills fans are immediately going to say, well, he's only five foot nine, like, right? Like, just like Justin Downs, like only five foot nine. Like, why would Mm -hmm. I want this guy? Can you explain why you like him so much and, and why you think he's one of your favorites? Well, I, first of all, I, I look at what the Bills currently have, and one of the old cliches of building rosters is that you want to build your receiving core like a basketball team. You want to have a, a wide range of body types. you got Gabe Davis. You've got Stefan Diggs, who Davis is taller and longer. Gilmore around six foot is a possession receiver, boundary receiver. And I think I look at right now, like, who's their slot guy? Who is their slot receiver? You guys had to go and get – Cole Beasley and bring him back for the playoffs like that's not a long-term answer and I think that if you want to add speed and elusiveness I think Zay Flowers at the end of the first round is a perfect example I wouldn't be worried about the size at all at 5'9 he plays bigger than his size but he's so shifty you put him in the slot his feet are so clean he gets in and out of his breaks so easily he's got great consistent hands I think that he might not be somebody who's like a 1,500-yard receiver in the NFL, which is which is fine. I think that the expectation when we draft receivers in the first round is that, like, oh, this guy's going to be a top 15 receiver. You don't need that from Zay Flowers. If he can be a 900-yard guy and catch a lot of footballs and be somebody who's got a, a big yak ability, yards after the catch ability, to juke some guys, pick up some extra yards, Zay Flowers fits that description, and I think he can play off of those strengths that you have for the current uh, grouping of players when you when you talk about you know zay flowers uh one of the things that we look for you know in in a wide receiver too to eventually replace gabriel davis maybe after his contract is up this season or maybe in the maybe this season perhaps 
is that, uh, you know, this is a guy that has to get yak, like you said, because the Bills are one of the worst in the NFL with yak, but also uh, a guy that has good hands because Gabriel Davis, the way that he catches the ball, it's more of like a clap motion as opposed to really catching it. Um, is it are there players, not just Zay Flowers, but like in the first five or ten receivers that really have ball issues like that that you know they really need to work on that you've noticed that maybe bills fans should be like well maybe they stay you should stay away from that guy because of that i I think quentin johnson's the the one who comes to mind the most i I think there's a lot of inconsistencies with his hands and you mentioned earlier where he doesn't play up to his size and that's what gets really confusing with quentin johnson is that you see this big tall receiver and you think like oh he's going to be a a vertical threat he's going to be somebody who uh can play the jump ball and can make ridiculous catches on the sideline he, he doesn't have any of that in him but I think to fit that description perfectly that's Quentin Johnson his hands are very inconsistent does not play well through contact so I'd be I'm a, I'm a bit wary of him I see his potential but I'm a little skeptical of of him having a a long-term successful NFL career to play up to some of the expectations that some people have put out there for him. So you mentioned speed being a huge factor yards after catch good route running um Jalen Hyatt is someone that I could see the Bills taking just based on speed alone. Is he somewhere in that range when you talk about Bills receivers, or is there someone else that you have in mind, maybe in round two or three, you could see maybe maybe a Joshua Downs or someone like that that you could see the Bills potentially looking at for those reasons? Yeah, I think that Jalen Hyatt is a great vertical threat, and he's somebody, too, that plays off of those strengths as we're talking about, because I don't I don't see that guy right now on the Bills roster He's just a really, really good separator vertically. And you ask him to run a lot of vertical routes and he's going to do them effectively. He's somebody as well that I'm not super in love with his hands. Uh, some inconsistencies there, but he's somebody, if he gets in space, he scores a touchdown over the top, forces the safeties to play honest. That's the type of guy that you want to play off of and to have in the mix. And he doesn't even even need to make plays often in games to, to have an impact because he is a distraction in a way to set up those guys that aren't as vertically oriented. Uh, Josh Downs, though, Ryan was a big fan of him, my co-host, Ryan Roberts. I get it, though. I really like Josh Downs. I had him ranked pretty highly. Really good hands for his size. Small, small receiver, but he can go up and get the football. It's kind of funny watching him. He, he's more of a jump ball guy than than uh, Quentin Johnson is, which is which is ironic. But I also like Josh Johnson, and it's just it's funny. We talk about all these small guys with quick feet, good route runners. Parker Washington's another one who who comes to mind when I think of that. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, somebody who as well has been brought up in these conversations for for this receiver class. So you can get a really good slot receiver, and I think that that is going to fit perfectly for what the Bills are in a position for that they can get somebody in the second round, as you've mentioned. So uh, I want to switch gears a little bit to the defensive side um, and linebacker. And when we we talked two months ago, the Bills hadn't signed a middle linebacker. I mean, they re-signed A.J. Klein, but I don't really see that as a long-term replacement. And I don't think even the front or the front office of the Buffalo Bills see it that way either. Uh, There are two names that come to mind uh, specifically with a first round pick and that's drew sanders and jack campbell now i know you mentioned drew sanders last time you were on i did some research he sounds like a really interesting guy very raw though you have a chance to pick between drew sanders and jack campbell which one do you pick and why in the first round i'm picking drew sanders i think i've got a lot more athletic upside with a drew sanders a former edge rusher from alabama explosive kid 
does great as a blitzer because of that pass rush prowess that he brings to the position. But on top of that, the guy's got great range. I think he's going to be a fantastic off-ball linebacker, outside linebacker. We saw what what they had with success with, with Tremaine Edmonds, and I'm not saying it's a one-to-one comp because one guy plays outside, one guy play, plays inside. But Drew Sanders, man, I, I think deserves more love in this class. I think some more people have come around on him as this class has progressed. Jack Campbell, though, in the second round, it, it just depends on what the approach is. One guy is um, uh, somebody I want to put in space to succeed as an outside linebacker and is going to be a pretty strong coverage player. Jack Campbell is a throwback. It's it's like a, a 1950s Cadillac watching him play back there. We're from B-gap to B-gap, man. He is so good. He's got more range than that, but... We know back in the day with old school linebackers, they love these massive bodies, these six foot four guys, these 255 pounders that love to hit and love to come downhill. I don't know if he is uh, as dominant on every single down, but a great tackler. And I think he could end up being one of those guys that is at the end of the season, like 150 plus tackle guy. So I don't think you can go wrong, but Drew Sanders to me is the first rounder. And then Jack Campbell is somebody who is a realistic pick in the second round. Do you ever worry about him only having one year of experience at linebacker after playing defensive end and edge rusher for so long? Because I mean, I think about Tremaine Edmonds and I like that comp because they're both uh, Tremaine Edmonds was 19 when he was drafted. So that's an anomaly, but he hadn't been playing for, yeah. I think he, he was only playing two years at the time. So it wasn't like he was been playing for a long time at the position either. Um, I guess I kind of worry about him compared to Jack Campbell, just cause he hasn't done it as long. And if they're going to give the keys to somebody in that linebacking court, I feel like they're going to want someone with a little bit more experience. Are you just going based on upside? Because RAS scores, it looks like Jack Campbell's actually a better athlete, which you wouldn't suspect because when I think of old school, like Dick Butkus, like linebackers, mm-hmm. I think of just like maulers, big dudes that are strong. I don't necessarily think like sideline to sideline, great coverage, good 40 times. Like I don't think of those things, but I was surprised to see that Jack Campbell actually performed better than Drew Sanders. He's deceptively a good athlete, and I think that he moves better than we expected. I, the RS, RAS score for those two guys is it's a it, it's impacted because Drew is is a longer athlete, is a bigger athlete, and I yeah I'm I'm a bigger fan of Sanders because of the upside more than what is more actualized for Jack Campbell at this given moment, but. I would argue that if Drew Sanders is able to have the impact early on the way that he has with limited time under his belt, how well does this guy progress in his first two years? I think that he's got the athleticism, the natural athleticism to figure it out and to succeed. I don't think one guy is going to be a better pro than the other like by a massive head. I think both are great football players. I just like the upside of Drew Sanders a little bit more, and I think that he could have a a much more impactful NFL career, and I just would like to take him over Jack Campbell at this given moment. Well, I like I like that you mentioned about how good he is as a pass rusher because uh, the Bills value versatility a lot in offense and defense, and if they have the ability to get some pass rush without Von Miller being there because of his ACL injury, uh, I could see them taking him as like a guy that could play possibly on the line on obvious pass rushing downs. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but that's that I could see Brandon Bean using the same logic as you as, yeah. as, as drafting him for that, for that reason alone. Now where it gets kind of interesting for me is that after those first two picks, like the linebacking uh, class doesn't seem very deep in general. 
when you look at like specifically like middle linebackers, inside linebackers, I mean, who's a guy that you could see after those first two? Like you mentioned, Diane Henley from Washington State. Is that still someone that you could see the Bills taking later as just a flyer, just to compete with AJ Klein, or is there someone else that that, that you like as well? Yeah, I think there's a, a, some decent options in this class. Trenton Simpson, somebody to pay attention to in the first round. I think Noah Sewell on day two, former five-star recruit, uh, bull in a china shop type of a player, really aggressive, makes mistakes at 100 miles an hour, which is good and bad, but uh, I think he's a really interesting player. Ivan Pace, I don't think fits with what Bean looks for because he's a smaller linebacker. He's like 5'10 and change, but I'm a big fan of Ivan Pace and what he was able to do at Cincinnati. Uh, and then Diane Henley, yeah, late day two, early day three, older player, which makes things a little tricky because he's 26 or 25 or so, but Henley is also a really good linebacker who's got the length that you look for. Um, his instincts are spotty at times, but he's got really nice closing ability, a good, strong, consistent tackler uh, across the board, though. I think that there, there's decent options, but to your point, this linebacker class does get pretty dicey pretty quickly after like the first seven or so guys Mm -hmm. now let's what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself right now we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship we're answering your questions on work-life balance how to raise capital for your business and more because when you're an entrepreneur it's always important to look ahead at what's to come so tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's talk a little bit about running backs because one name that seems to be mocked quite often, I think it's the most mocked player to the Buffalo Bills in general, is B. John Robinson. Um, when you look at roster construction, uh, if you were put yourself in, in the shoes of a GM and not just the Buffalo Bills, any GM, what are your thoughts on drafting running backs in the first round? And does where does B. John Robinson fit into that thought process? I'm fine with drafting a running back in the first round only if you're a team like the Buffalo Bills that has an established roster construction, a team that is competing in the playoffs, that is consistently making the playoffs, or maybe a step away from the playoffs. There's too often we see teams that are have so many roster issues and they think that adding in this guy, this running back, is going to solve their problems. That doesn't work anymore. 
Instead, it's a compliment to the offense. And I think Bijan, take the, take him. If he's on the board at that spot, which I just don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to be gone way before that. Take him. He is that good of a running back. You put him into the mix in that offense, he's a 1,500-yard rushing guy in his first year. That's the type of player that you want to get you over the hump to win those AFC Championship games and to get to the Super Bowl. But if they don't get him, I think that Jameer Gibbs is an interesting player to pay attention to, even at the end of the first round, who's a great receiver, super explosive, great uh, great home run hitting ability with the football in his hands. Very, very elusive. Everything about him screams a three-down running back for me, so I, I would pay attention to both those guys. And then I also, just to throw out like a sleeper that I'm a big fan of, Ty J Spears. It's not so much a sleeper anymore. When I was on him, it was before everyone was on him. Uh, but Ty J Spears from Tulane, I still stick by my guns that he can be a full-time starting NFL running back three-down player. Great, fantastic vision. Better athlete than I think he's given credit for. Uh, and he's got everything that you look for in an NFL running back. And I think if you put him in the right situation, could be a consistent 1,000-yard rusher. So I know that while you're doing tape on this, uh, on all these players after the combine, before the combine, during the college football season, there's got to be guys that you look at where you just fall in love with, like late round guys, like I'm talking like late day two or any time during day three, that you're like, man, this guy doesn't play for the, he doesn't have the biggest size, he doesn't play for the best school, he doesn't have the best competition, but man, I like how this guy plays. I want to see how this kid looks when he's actually in an NFL uniform. Could you give me a couple of those names to like kind of pay attention to that uh, that we could we could be looking for in the draft? I think the big one... The, like the biggest one that I immediately comes to mind is Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. I have him ranked way higher than most people do uh, in this tight end class. I, I believe he was my tight end three off the top of my head. The guy is just so well-rounded. He, he dealt with some injuries this past year, which, which is tough. And he had the opportunity to make the leap and transfer up to a big program. And he chose to stick at South Dakota State this past year so he could win a national championship. I think that speaks to his character. And then on top of that, the guy's mean as a run uh, run blocker. Uh, he's got great underrated skills as an athlete. He's got consistent hands. We were all over Dallas Goddard. For some reason, we're not all over Tucker Craft just because this is a really crowded tight end class. But I really think that Tucker Craft is going to be a good, good football player. And he might not go until the fourth round, which is a little bit disheartening. Well, it's someone where I could see the Bills taking a look at. I think they definitely need to add tight end depth. You know, it's not something I think that the Bills are going to look at in the first round. When you look at Tucker Craft, are there any other tight ends around that area that have, you know, potentially good receiving skills so they can free up, you know, the middle of the field if they don't end up getting a Zay Flowers or someone like that wide receiver? Um, are there any other tight ends around that range that you like? Yeah, I think that uh, Sam Laporta from Iowa, those guys are always just so good. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State is really great vertical athlete. And then Darnell Washington might play off of Dawson Knox right now because the dude's a really good blocker. I think he's going to be, Darnell Washington's going to be one of the best, if not the best, number two tight end in the NFL because he fits exactly with what you want. Good blocker, good hands, jump ball guy in the red zone. Uh, but Darnell Washington could be a fun one for the for the Buffalo Bills if they're trying to get that secondary option uh, for this offense. What I like about talking to you, Joe, among other things, is that you actually played the game. You played it at a college football level. Um, I know, like, you know, you played long snapper. I know that you talked with those guys. I'm sure you probably took reps at offensive line at some point. When you look at, like, 
when I think of tight end, like, well, the Bills still need help with Spencer Brown. He's still learning. He's still young and raw. Like a tight end, like Darnell Campbell, like could be a great compliment to maybe his side to help blocking. Um, do you see that? Like, I mean, would it be just better to draft a new right tackle or would giving him someone like that on the side, uh, help him out or maybe like we mentioned Bijan Robinson like a new running back like someone like that that has that kind of explosiveness help like issues with your offensive line you know I always think I guess I was always under the impression that you start with the trenches and then you work your way out but then you have mm. skilled players like this like a Bijan Robinson or you know Darnell Washington where you're like man like these guys might be able to help those guys that are struggling a little bit on the line to get the best out of them yeah, I, I don't want to bail on Spencer Brown because the guy's such a good athlete, and I think that where he was picked, uh, he needs a little bit more time to get fully comfortable. But yeah, and I, I think that for any offensive line that's just missing that extra piece, that extra bit of juice, drafting a good blocker like Darnell Washington, who's got receiving ability, is going to help you do that. So absolutely. I, th- I think that that is a really nice contribution to the group. That could be an extra just sixth lineman. That is a luxury, a luxury that a lot of NFL teams wish that they could have. Well, Joe, I mean, what does the draft night look for for you like as a draft analyst? Are you <laughs> going to be live on on stadium TV? Are you going to be at your home, like just just you know marking off names like a fantasy football draft? How do you how do you spend your draft day? So at Believe, uh, we're this year as as a producer as well as a host with Believe, um, get the opportunity to head up the draft coverage this year. And at Believe, we've got team shows with former players on every single team. So what we're going to be doing, we did this last year, we do instant reactions where Ryan and I are are on StreamYard and we hop in and different guys come in and chat with us and they go like, wow, this pick was crazy. And they're going to come in and react and we're going to put those things out on on Twitter and on YouTube. And if anyone wants to check that out, make sure you subscribe to the Believe YouTube channel, B-L-E-A-V, so you can be caught up when the Bills make the pick. And Mookie Hawkins should be hopping in with us to to react to that pick. But if you want to catch in the others too, we'll have some some fun reactions across the board. That's awesome. That's really exciting. Joe, thank you so much. This is the second time we've had you on. I've loved every single question interview. Um, this has been truly a lot of fun. Um, people can find your work. You mentioned the podcast mm-hmm. is on uh, the Believe Podcast Network. It is the first team show that the, the show just changed names on the podcast network, uh, but is the first team show on Stadium. Where can folks find you on social media or anything else that you're working on? Uh, yeah, it's just at Joe DeLeon, and you hit it on the head there. The first team on on the Believe Network, uh, and also Hack City on YouTube is where the rest of our content is uh, for all the prospect breakdowns and whatnot. But at Joe DeLeon is, is where you can catch me on on uh, on Twitter. But thank you so much again for having me on. It's always a blast connecting, and I'm sure that we'll we'll uh, we'll hop on again after. The yeah, draft. we'll have to talk at some point afterwards when you're not extremely busy you know being streamed and everything for the first <laughs> you're asking to come on these big radio spots you know i'll have to right. have you on just to see what your thoughts were um on uh, sure. on position and stuff like that so again thanks for coming on appreciate it of course thanks once again this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook at delago <clears throat> check out the delago resort and casino where the only gamble you won't make is gambling on a good time we'll be talking to you guys all again monday morning to talk more bills draft so for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo, 
Buffalo, it's the mafia. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. What they gonna do when Matt Milano coming with the blitz off the edge? Don't you throw it in the air, cause Trey White and Micah Hyde were intercepted. Von Miller getting double team, not a team getting easy sacks. Russo with the double moves, coming straight for the quarterback. Take him down, take him down. McDermott clapping on the sidelines, and the crowd going crazy. Mafia, it's our time. Josh Allen, it's your time. It's the Mafia, yeah. Sunday, one Bills drive. Mafia, where you at? Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. 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 It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, Buffalo. Buffalo, it's the Mafia Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us Number one, no one on top of us Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen, looking down the field See no one open, so he scrambled right He sees somebody open, but he off balance So he gotta be focused Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shock 70 yards, will it be called Gabe Davis or Jay Crowder? Down the field, past the whole roster That Steph Diggs make it so easy Touchdown, high my feel rockin' every Sunday Got a hangover on every Monday Get your bass kicked, you know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gon' pass us? With Devin and Cook, you know we great If you're not a Bills fan, we don't relate Nah Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Don Brown, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? No one Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.